All right, morning everybody. Okay. Um, thank you, Janet. Thank you, George. Appreciate it. Thank you, Paul, for working at the back for us. Um, if you'd like to join us on stage, the stage is open, right? There's no doors here. All right, so please. Um, male, female, whatever color, all right, whatever language, come and join us on the stage. We'd love to have you ministering the song to others, so thank you. Payment is useless and lousy, but the benefits are out of this world. Okay. <laughs> now, there's no pay, but the benefits are great. Okay. All right, friends, if you have your Bibles, open with me to Ephesians chapter 5. And we are going downhill now. We're nearly done with this book. We're nearly done. We're coasting downhill in chapter 5. And uh, while you get your Bibles ready, I will be making some cross-references to other verses. In I'm just going to read them, just for time's sake and that. Um, but the references will be in the description of the recordings on our YouTube channel, if you want to go back to that. Okay, but uh, while you have your Bibles open to Ephesians chapter 5, um, I want to just take note, and it's, it's how I'm going to introduce this morning's message, is on a key theme that Paul has been driving at all this while. Chapters 1, 2, 3, and 4. He loves talking about the Christian life. The Christian life. And depending on your translation, maybe your translation says the Christian walk. Okay, so Paul might have said, and walk. You used to walk, but now you walk this way. You used to walk doing this, now you walk doing that. Or maybe your translation says life. It's the same thing. Life, walk, that's the picture. Our progress in the Lord is what is the, the subject matter today. Okay? What did our walk, our life, used to look like? Well, in chapter 2, this is how we used to walk or live. As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, which you used to live slash walk when you followed the ways of the world. And the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work, and those who are disobedient. We used to live among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature, following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we used to be, by nature, objects of wrath. Living that way brought a consequence. And that's how you used to live. Alright? Then Ephesians 2 verse 10, it says there, for we are, and this is what we are now, we are now God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So, it's light and darkness. It's day and night. What this gospel brings to our life is no small thing. This gospel that comes into our heart brings about a radical change. Amen? It's like day and night. But we started in the night and now it's day. It's dark and light now. There's a big contrast. Two opposite powers that are, you know, cannot be combined. It's binary. It's so opposite. It's radical. It's inevitable. That's what this gospel brings to every believer in Christ. You used to walk in darkness. Now you are walking, as Ephesians 2 verse said, towards God's good works He's planned for you in advance. 
Alright, this theme is picked up again in chapter 4, verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life, walk, worthy of the calling you have received. What do you mean, Paul? Verse 2. Be completely humble and gentle, patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There's a new walk now. And it goes like this. It's humble. It's gentle. It's loving. It's patient. It's kind. Okay? It's not arrogant. It's not impatient. It's not harsh. It's not intolerant. There is a new walk. You let go of that walk. That died in the identity exchange. A bit later in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 17 it says, So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must no longer live slash walk as the Gentiles do in the futility of their thinking. You don't even think like that anymore. There's a new way of thinking. So there's a new way of being, a new way of doing, a new way of thinking. There is a new way of living. Okay, that's, the, that's been coming across in the book of Ephesians over and over and positively and negatively. This new walk does that. This new walk does not do that. And I'll keep saying to the younger people, your Christian faith, there's a lot more positive than there is negative. You know, a lot more positive, a lot more things to do. But there is a radical, radical difference when it comes to Jesus Christ in our lives, in our lifestyle. There's an imperative. Okay. Now why am I punching this over and over, punching this over and over again? Because some people believe Jesus is just for heaven. And until I get to heaven, nothing changes. Friends, Ephesians knows nothing of that. Right? What we've journeyed through in the last four or five chapters knows nothing of that kind of attitude, nothing of that kind of behavior, knows nothing of that kind of thinking. There is a radical change that takes place. It's darkness and then it's light. It was night, but now it is day. There is before Christ and then there is after Christ. You with me? It's binary. It's completely opposite. And those two powers have got two different ends. Sons of wrath or sons of God. Alright? Two different ends. Completely opposite ends. So yes, this gospel that comes into our life, it does punch our ticket into heaven. Hallelujah. But even more than that, it transforms us. Right? It, it does something in us and it comes out in what we see, what we say, what we think, what we do, where we go. That's the context. Okay. There is no kind of middle of the road kind of thinking. Middle of the road kind of living. It was spiritual death and now it's spiritual life. There's no shady living. You're in the light. And that light shines. That's the purpose of light. Purpose of light is not to be in darkness. So, a true Christian will have no taste, no desire. Why won't you have that taste? Why won't you have that desire? Why won't that be part of your thinking anymore? Because you were given a new man. 
at the identity exchange you were given a new man. The old man was dead and buried. A new man was given. The Holy Spirit accompanied that. They're married together. They came into you and you have a new desire. There is no taste for shady living. There is no desire anymore for compromise. Do we compromise? Yes. Do we step into the darkness? Yes. Like we said last week, do we fall into sin? Yes. But when we do it, we get a... What's the word? Nauseous. There's another word. We get... It doesn't sit well. There's no peace. It's not supposed to be in a peace because you've got a new man. You used to be able to sit in it. You used to be able to wallow in it. You used to be able to do it over and over again without feeling any disharmony. So what's going on? You've got a new man. A new woman. You've got the Spirit of God. This gospel of Jesus has done something in your heart. So now there's discontent. Now it's agony. Now it's painful. Now it's a mess. And then there's guilt and shame and all that that brings about it. And that is because of the new man that God has put in you. So true or false? Those who have the Lord Jesus Christ are new people. Correct? True or false? True. New people. We are different people. Different people. All right. So with that in mind, we come to Ephesians 5 and now we are at verse 7. Um, let's just get the whole context. There. It says, Be imitators of God, therefore. Verse 1. As dearly loved children, live a life of love just as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But among you there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or greed because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be any obscenity, foolish talk, coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure. No immoral, impure, or greedy person, such a person is an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. Just so far, may God bless the reading of His word to us. So he's picked up again on this theme of what is it to live, walk in Christ. And this morning we're going to focus on verse 7 where it says, don't be partners with them. Don't be partners with them. When you're in this light, who's the them? The sons of disobedience. You're not partnering with that anymore. You've left that. There's a separation from the sinners. That's the effect of this light. There is a separation from sinners. Now next week, next week, because we have to hold this intention. We are called to withdraw from the world. You know, the age of the world. We're not under the, the reign of the age of the world. We're under the, 
reign of grace. And as we focus on the separation from the brokenness of this world, next week we'll focus on how do we want to be used by God in this brokenness. Okay? So there will be a balance brought next week. But this morning, I just feel this needs to be paused upon. I just, you know, double-clicked that living in Christ is a radical change. I just felt we needed to just look at that again and redefine what a Christian is. There's a radical change in lifestyle. And part of that radical change is that we no longer partner with the brokenness. We no longer partner with sinful passions. And we no longer partner with the people who participate in that. There's a separation. It's a divorce. That's what it means to live in this life. We don't become partners with them. Why not? Because those have something coming to them. What's coming to them? And we talked about this last week. The wrath of God is coming to that. We don't, so we don't partner with that. We have another result coming our way. The glorification. The victory of Christ. So we don't partner with that because we don't want to earn what they earn. What has Ephesians told us to partner with? As children of the light. Ephesians has taught us that whether you're Jew or Greek or Gentile, Male or female, slave or free, partner with each other. You be a part of that body. You be a part of the body of Christ. You partner with that. You passionately seek its unity. You passionately seek to teach its truth. And you passionately seek to let that community share the light of Christ. That's what you partner with. So you disassociate yourself with what is not of Christ. And you associate yourself with what is of Christ. There is a distinction now. And maybe in your personal testimony, there was a day, an event. Well, I mean, I remember clearly my... It, I mean, it's been a gradual process. It's been a gradual process, uh, my walk with the Lord. But I remember when I was 19, and I took... Now, I got serious now with the Lord. Now, I'm serious. Okay? And it was a typical habit that on Friday night, the guys would come to my house... Uh, and pick me up. I didn't have my driver's license at the time. So the friends who had driver's licenses would pick us up and off we'd go clubbing. Okay, and it's Friday night. I know I should be at youth. Okay, but we're going to go out with the mates. And there in the driveway, it just hit me. Oh, you know what? I've got to tell my mates now. I'm not going with you. I've got to tell them now. I've got to go public with what has happened inside here. I've got to go public and tell them I'm not part of this anymore. I didn't stop being their friends. I just stopped associating, stopped partnering with, with that kind of lifestyle. And it was clear, it was distinct. Right there with my four mates in the driveway. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not partnering with that. And then, you know, got a bit more serious and took it further with our youth ministry back at the church at Horizon. That's what Paul is talking about here. Guys, there's a clear distinction those in Christ are in His light. The powers are, are opposite and polar. Now go that way. Partner with what is of God. Don't partner with what is not of God. Disobedience, sin and rebellion. So that grace that we receive at the cross does not produce a lifestyle that goes back 
to what you were. That grace that we receive in Christ produces a lifestyle that promotes the purposes and the values and the lifestyle of Christ. You with me? That's the right kind of thinking. That's where the gospel leads. You were once in darkness, but now you're in the light. Now, if whoever you associate with, and whoever you partner with, whoever you are walking with, okay, if it's that, if it's of darkness, what are people left to, to say about you? Then there must be darkness still in you. If that is what you are connected to, partnering with, living with, associating with, the, the only conclusion is, well, there still must be darkness in you. But we've received Christ's light, and that must not be said of us. It can't be said of us. It shouldn't even be spoken of us. Remember what we said last week. No one should even be able to mention any of that on you, because you're in this light. Now you're a light. Let's see what... what Jesus says in Matthew 5, Jesus talks about this very subject in Matthew 5, verse 14. You are the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. That's where the gospel goes. Not in reverse. John 3, 19. John 3, verse 19. This is the verdict. Light has come into the world. But men love darkness instead of light because their deeds were evil. Everyone who does evil hates the light and will not come into the light for fear of, the, of his deeds will be exposed. But whoever lives by the truth comes into the light so that it may be seen plainly that what has been done has been done through God. So when you become light, everything changes. You live your light in a presentable way that that light can be seen. What has changed? Ephesians 1 verse 5 tells us what's changed. Ephesians 1 verse 5. He predestined us to be adopted as His sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with His pleasure and will. There's been a radical change as children of God. Ephesians 1 verse 18, what else has changed? And I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which He has called you, the riches of His glorious inheritance in the saints and His incomparably great power for us who believe everything has changed what's god what's god presenting to you as you live in the light of god he's presenting to you his power he's presenting to you his love he's presenting to you his light and his his life before christ he was presenting to you his judgment he was presenting to you his wrath he was presenting to you his anger but now that's completely changed. How God relates to us, completely changed. Hallelujah. Ephesians 2 verse 4 tells us what else has changed. Uh, 
I'm going to have to get glasses. Okay. But because of His great love for us, God who is rich in mercy made us alive with Christ. Rich in mercy. Everything in God's mind has changed towards us. And it's good to double click again on how God feels about us. What's God's intent with us? What's God's disposition towards His children? Ephesians 5 verse 1. Be imitators of God, therefore, as dearly loved children. Everything has changed. There has been an amazing exchange that took place. How did that happen? That all happened in the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the whole reason why we don't buddy up with or partner with the sons of disobedience. Or the daughters of disobedience. Because God looks at us differently. God holds us differently. We have a different relationship with God entirely. In fact, guys, next time you're tempted, the next time you're tempted, remember how pleased God is with you. That God takes pleasure with you. And let that warmth, let that light and that love weigh whatever the devil is tempting you with. And you will find that the weight of God's pleasure in you will completely outweigh whatever the short-term pleasure the devil is promising. Think again. What is God's disposition to me? Everything has changed. He can't tempt us. He tempts us with the same things. But he's tempting a different person now. He will tempt you with the same things. But he's tempting a different person now. This person has a completely new disposition before God. Amazingly converted, transformed from darkness to light. And that's why he says in Ephesians verse 5, Therefore, walk in the light. Walk in the light. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. Live as children of light. Live as a child of light. I mean, children are needy. They depend on us. We protect them. We provide for them. We're, intimate, we're connected all the time. Even when they get their driver's licenses, we want to know where they are, what they're doing. <laughs> when will they be back? <laughs> you know, there's a, there's a dependency. And now as children of the light... God warns us, nurtures us, sustains us, protects us. We're not independent. In this grace that has been afforded us, in this light, God is our Father and we are dependent on Him. I mean, try and live independent of the Father of light and, well, that just brings trouble. But God is saying again that if Christ is indeed your Savior then you have been changed radically by God. And your response is to live in that light. 
You have a changed condition. You have a changed identity. You have a changed status. Light and darkness don't mix. They don't coexist. You can't be put together. They're two completely different powers. God does not exist in darkness. Children of God don't either. Now live in the light of that. See what God has done in the gospel to change you. Believe what God has done in the gospel to change you. Act on what God has done in the gospel to change you. That's what Paul is telling the Ephesians. There is a distinction. A powerful distinction. The consequences of taking this gospel radically affect us and they affect our community. And there is a whole new way of thinking. So exactly what does this light look like? How do we lock it, this light in God? And he, he describes for us how we can know what is of this light. We read it. Live as children of the light. And here it is. Verse 9. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. That's how tangible this light of God is. If it's truth, if it's goodness, if it's righteousness, you're well on track to living in that light. That's where the light of God goes. It doesn't go anywhere else. That light comes to you and it equips you with goodness. It equips you with righteousness. It equips you with truth. That's what the light of God brings. And if there's anything else that it brings and it's not associated to those three things, it's not light. That's where God goes. That's what God does. That's what God accomplishes in every believer in Christ. Goodness, righteousness, truth. Amen? It's concrete. It's clear. It's absolute. No matter the culture, no matter the color, the ethnicity, no matter how rich or how poor, slave or free, man or woman, pastor or member, theologically trained or not theologically trained. Whoever is in Christ walks in this light and this light is characterized by goodness, righteousness and truth. That's where it leads. That's how it empowers. That's how it equips. And that's what is shared. That's, those are the veins. Those are the colors. Those are the characteristics. Those are the attributes of every believer in Christ in the light of God and subsequently every church in the light of Christ. It will be good. Good in the sense of, well, between us. We will look for the good. You know, that's what we say when we say, how's it? Did you forget? How are you? Why am I asking the question? Because I want to look, how can I benefit you? How are you? Right? Yes, okay. How are you? It's supposed to be, I'm looking for the good. What good can I bring to you? And that's Because that's the light we've received. That's the light we've received. I'm looking for the good. And to, to do good, that's the fruit of it. 
Friends, it's inevitable. This work of God does that. And if that has not happened, you don't have that. The light of God is effectual. He speaks and there was light. Right? He speaks through His Son, there will be light. <laughs> or you don't have it. And you've got to reassess, do I have this? Has there been any dramatic change in my life? Have my attitudes changed? Have my behaviors changed? Has my thinking changed? If that has not gone from darkness to light, you don't have it. You may like it. You may appreciate it. You may want it. It doesn't mean you have it. And you've got to ask God, God, is this light in me? Make this light in me, please. If this change has not taken place. You're still associating. You're still doing the deeds of darkness. You're still hanging in these passions. There's no priority for this new body. There's no passion for this new body. There's no want for this new body. It's not a priority for this new body. There's no light. There's no light. It's not because you're distracted. It's not because you're busy. It's not because you don't know. It's because there's no light. And you need to ask God now, friends. Because the result of not having the light is the subsequent nature of receiving the wrath of God. And friends, there will be many who like Jesus, who share Jesus, who appreciate Jesus, and they have no light. And you will be revealed when He comes who was in the light and who's not in the light. So friends, let these words come to your heart, please. This is supposed to come to the heart, not just sit here. But to come to the heart and say, do I have this light? Because this light makes us good. It makes us good. In this context of badness, in this climate of injustice, and, you know, it's all over the newspaper. You're going to go out and see it, read it, hear it. Don't do it. Because the light of God has brought about a difference. It makes you good. Good fathers, good mothers, good parents, good children, good members, good citizens, good workers, good bosses. Amen? Makes you good. The light of God does that. He makes His children good. He does not make bad children. And the devil mocks God every day. Look at your bad children. It's because they don't have the light. What else does this light look like? Not just goodness between one another, but righteousness. This light brings righteousness. Now, we have His righteousness. In Jesus Christ, we have all the righteousness of God given to us through Jesus Christ. Amen. It is done. It is finished. Past, present, sin, forgiven. That is our status, and that status ought to come out. When the, you enter into the light of God, that righteousness comes out. So when I'm speaking to you, or I'm always conscious of what does that do for him? I had a fight with my brother. I'm sorry. Now you say sorry to God too. There's righteousness to be, to be sorted out. I had a fight and an argument with my wife. I'm sorry. Now there's a, a righteousness to, to deal with. What were the words that you said? How were the actions? Were they appropriate? Because there's a righteousness to deal with. How were you with your employees? How are you doing as a citizen? You know, there's a God consciousness with our daily living. A righteousness. 
The light of God brings goodness and it brings righteousness. It's not just what you say, but how you say it. Why? Not so that you can be popular and maybe have a good life skill. That's good to have that kind of good life skill. But God brings a righteousness that every word, every action, every deed and everything not done will line up to God's righteousness. It's a God consciousness. And this light that comes to us brings goodness, it brings righteousness and it brings truth. Brings truth. It produces... Now, truth can mean a few things in different contexts, okay? But in this context, it's just, let's just say, honesty. Honesty. The light of God brings honesty. Klar. There's truthfulness between you and your spouse. There's truthfulness between you and your children. Children, in Christ, in God's life, there is truthfulness to parents. Employees in Christ, there is truthfulness to the employer. Employers in Christ, there is truthfulness to your employees. Members, leadership, whatever the context, there's honesty. There's truthfulness. That's what God's light brings to every child and every community in this light. It produces this daily. No more shams, no more exaggerations, no more perversions, no more deceptions, but trustworthy, reliability, integrity, and honesty. That's what. If this is not in you, if it's not characterized by of you, friends, you've got to think again. You may like Jesus. You may be interested in Jesus. You might even go to Jesus' house once a week, but you don't have the light. Have His light. And that light will bring about these changes, this fruit, this abundance. Why is this important? Because he says, uh, verse 7 there, Live as children of light. For the fruit of light consists of goodness, righteousness, and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. It pleases the Lord. God wants you to know what makes Him happy. Now, He's happy in us. I think there's a degree of just awesomeness that He has for His children. He loves His children. He, he's pleased with His children. But I think you can turn that volume up when you, in faith, obey. You've turned the volume up. When you are exhibiting goodness, righteousness, and honesty, you're turning the volume of pleasure up. Now, that will reach perfect volume, maximum volume, when Christ comes again or you die to see Christ in this light. Maximum volume of praise, or pleasure, I should say. God is going to be... Because he's going to, that's why it says in the Psalms, how, how good, how precious in the sight are the death of his loved ones, of his children. Why is it precious to him? Because it's, his pleasure is fully realized, fully maxed. 
But until then, friends, in this light, God is pleased. But in this week, I want you to look for opportunities, to be open to opportunities, and there are ample opportunities, because it's a dark world, to turn up the pleasure volume for God. Just for Soma. <laughs> Just for Soma. Because when you die, you're not going to have a choice. But now, you have a choice. You have freedom to choose how you respond, what you say, where you go, what you do, what you prioritize, what you belong to, what you're passionate for. Okay? And you can crank that pleasure right up. It's in your hands. And that's where that light will go. That's what that light wants to do. He has pleasure over you and you reciprocate likewise. So, the question is, can we say this morning, as you just look over your life, is God pleased with your life? Is He pleased with your life? Is He pleased over the way you have been living? He wants His pleasure in your life. He wants you to know what is good, what is true, and what is righteous. He's given us everything. You've got to find it. You find it. There's ample examples here of truth, goodness, and righteousness. And ample examples of it going wrong. Ample. But regardless, we have ample uh, revelation here to know what is good, true, and righteous. And therefore, because we can know it, we can have it. God wants you to seek it out. Find it. Test it. Prove it. That you can have the pleasure of God. The peace of God in your life. Prove it. That this life brings goodness, truth, and righteousness. Prove it. Experience it. Have it. Share it. Be it. <coughs> That is, our, that is our privilege. Kevin de Jong says, it's one of the main motivations for obedience is the pleasure of God in our lives. Let's pray.